0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day. Thank you for joining us. And We're in a study of the epistle, the letter, known as 1 Peter. So if you would like to turn there, we'll read chapter 1, verses 13 through 16 together. We learned last week that the doctrine of suffering is a major theme in 1 Peter. And we're looking at some of the fundamentals of that doctrine. And as we travel through 1 Peter, we'll discover things that we need to keep in mind and the way that we need to respond, the things we need to know about how to respond whenever suffering, hardship, affliction, and those things make their way into our lives. Now, I've entitled this message... 1 Peter, part 2. So now let's read verses 13 through 16. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means all manner of behavior. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your many, many blessings to us. We thank you for life and the freedom we have to uh, have church and to uh, speak about your word, and to preach about your word. And Heavenly Father, we pray that your precious gospel would spread throughout this world today in a powerful way and reach people uh, that are hurting, people that are in darkness. Oh God, would you reach them with your, your gospel? Would you reach them with the truth? Maybe people right here in our community that they just need help. They feel like they're at the end. God, would you reach them with your word this morning? We pray that as we worship together that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're going to study 1 Peter over the next eight to nine weeks, and so be encouraged to read through it a number of times before we conclude our study and be sure to jot down either in a notebook or in a journal things that jump out at you things that uh, that the Lord shows you and also our study today contains verses that are ideal for memorizing now last Sunday we examined three truths uh, from this letter first God has reserved an inheritance in heaven for all Christians. Now, that's chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Second, all Christians are kept by the power of God. Now, that's verse 5. And third, God has a purpose for the trials of Christians. Now, that's verses 6 and 7. Now, that means this, that if you're in the middle of a difficulty and it seems really, really hard, well, you need to understand that that didn't sneak up on God. It didn't catch him off guard to where he's wondering, oh, no, what do I do? He knew exactly what was going on, and, and the Bible teaches in First Peter that God has purpose for those difficulties, for those trials. Now we may not be able to see that purpose, this side of eternity, or that reason, this side of eternity, but God has purpose and you can take heart in that. And so we're First Peter deals with suffering. That's important to remember. Now this morning we're gonna look at going to the next level in our relationship with the Lord. And this, that relationship is the relationship that we need to pursue with all of our heart. Now, how do we pursue that relationship? Well, right across the page for on some of your Bibles, in James 4.8, it says, Draw nigh to God, or draw near to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Now draw nigh means to come near to, to approach, to join one thing to another. And so it says draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Now that is a definite statement. It sounds like a promise. If you'll draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Now do you think God is able to keep his end of that promise? He certainly is. He is able to keep his word and he will keep his word. And the idea here is for a person to turn his or her thoughts and attention to the Lord and make a a grand effort to become acquainted with him. And then God draws near to us by extending grace to us and helping us. Now, how do we prepare ourselves to pursue Him, to draw nigh to Him? How do we do that? And this morning's text gives us clear direction for that. First, be sober. Second, be holy. Third, remember your redemption. So these are the three directions that the text has this morning for drawing near to God. And so let's look at the first one. The first direction for drawing near to God is to be sober. Now, let's remember the context. Look in verse 1. Peter mentions strangers. He says, an apostle of Jesus. He says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout. Now, that word stranger, that is a New Testament metaphor referring to a person who sojourns on the earth but whose citizenship is in heaven. So Peter's addressing Christians. That's who 1 Peter is written to. And this will come clear as we make our way through 1 Peter. And probably many of these Christians were Gentile converts. However, there's a high chance that there were Jewish Christians in this group as well. And so you can see in verse 1 he mentions... Uh, Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, for the most part, those are all areas of the central to northern portion of modern-day Turkey, which is Asia Minor. And Christianity had spread there. And so it's not written, this letter is not written to a particular church, but essentially to all Christians, to us as Christians. And it was probably written in the A.D. 60s, the first century, the 60s, maybe the mid-60s, 64, 65, somewhere along in there. Uh, It was written before Peter was arrested in Rome for his Christian testimony, and uh, under the reign of Nero, you remember that he was martyred, and that uh, his execution came in about 68 or 69 A.D. And there's a good chance that Peter was already in Rome writing this letter. And you can see in verse 2 he mentions the elect. That means chosen. These people, these were Christians, they were chosen by God. He's speaking to Christians. God has cho- had chosen them, and God had, has chosen you. If you're a Christian, he has chosen you. As you read this letter, you get the feel that these, these people that he calls strangers were not blending into the culture. We mentioned that last week. They were trying to impact the culture. They were trying to make a difference. Righteous choices. Christ-like morality. Living according to God's Word. Trying to make a difference. And there was a cost involved, suffering in many different forms. That's the idea behind verse 6, manifold temptations. That's uh, many different trials, many different types of trials. It's because, for the most part, they were standing against the culture of that day. Now, if you were to look at verses 8 through 12, you would see that Peter talks about salvation. And I'll just summarize that for us. He he tells about the, uh, the value of that salvation. And he says that the prophets have inquired and searched diligently about this mystery. It's of high value, extremely important. And he even says in verse 12 that these are things which the angels desire to look into. So it's a priceless mystery of utmost importance. So that helps us understand the significance once we get down to verse 13 of the word wherefore. You see in the King, I'm reading out the King James here, and it says in verse 13, wherefore. Now that word simply means consequently. We're talking about something of high value. Something very important. He says, therefore, or consequently, he says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now the word mind in that verse is the place of understanding. It's the place of feeling, where our feelings are, where our desires are, the way of thinking. And he says, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, this is a what I would call a metaphorical phrase, which essentially means something like this. Get your mind ready. Roll up your sleeves. Get your mind ready. Gird up the loins of your mind. You know, a Roman soldier would gird up his Clothing, gird up his garment, whatever he's wearing, with a belt so that his movements would be unimpeded. He could move without any trouble. So the idea here is prepare yourself. Gird up the loins of your mind. Prepare yourself. Prepare your mind. Prepare to draw near to God. That's the idea. So here's the first way. Here's the first thing that Peter mentions. Be sober. You see that in that verse. Be sober. He's not talking about, uh, okay, don't get drunk. That's not the idea here, although we could say that maybe that's a part of it because it means to be circumspect. That is, to be alert. To be cautious to be guarded, to be watchful. That's the idea of sober, to be sober. It's a reference to guarding our mind. Guarding our minds, being cautious with our minds. A person being alert and cautious with their eye gate, what they look at, with their ear gate, what they hear. So we're talking about drawing close to God, going to the next level in our relationship with Him. Well, I sure want to do that. I want to go to the next level in my relationship with the Lord. And so the the idea of being sober is a mental and spiritual self-control. Did you hear that? the idea of being sober in this context is a mental and spiritual self-control. This takes effort, huge effort. But it is extremely important because we're in a spiritual battle. Just as these people were back in that day, In that culture, they were in a spiritual battle, and you and I are as well. As a matter of fact, just a couple of pages over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, same book. It's a different passage. It says, 1 Peter 5, 8, some of you have this verse memorized, and it is a major verse to memorize. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That was true at that time at the writing of this book back in A.D. 60, and it is true today in 2020. The devil, your enemy, is a roaring lion, and he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So the the direction is be sober. Now... As a Christian, your enemy, the devil, that talked about in that verse, he can't touch your salvation. It's hands-off. But he and his little workers can try to lure you away from where you need to be. And if you're a mom or a dad, then be he sure wants to lure you away from the right path and get you to have a detrimental effect on your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and those that aren't even born yet years from now if he can get you off the right uh, off of the right path he could have a major impact on those in the future generations not being on the right path If those children that are in your house or those grandchildren are unsaved, here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take them straight to hell. And so it is so important to be sober, to be alert, to be watchful, to be under self-control. It's important to Note that you can't do what is required under the direction of being sober. You can't do that all by yourself. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. He wants to help us. He wants you to have self-control. He wants me to have self-control in every area, every aspect of, Of our lives he wants your ear gate your eye gate working properly being careful what we look at being careful what we hear listen if you aren't sober in this respect if you're not alert and cautious and guarded and watchful if you don't have self-control then you're in trouble right now. You're in trouble because the enemy of the cross can cause all kinds of havoc in your life. Here's what Proverbs 25, 28 says. Proverbs 25, 28. It says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You see in those those old cities back during this time when they didn't have walls, the enemy could just come in and take them over. Let me read that verse again. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So the first direction in drawing nigh to God, drawing near to God is to be sober. Now notice the focal point. Let's read the rest of this verse. He says, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, the focal point is Jesus Christ. When Jesus is the focal point, the focus of your life, then life has true meaning. Things change. Now look what it says. And hope to the end. Now that word hope, I had to study that one out. That word hope means to wait for salvation with joy and get this, full confidence. It's not not a hope like this. It's not, not, oh, I hope this is going to happen. No, it is a hope that is built around full confidence. You expect it. You trust that it's going to happen. See, it's that kind of hope. So we're keeping Jesus as the focal point of our lives, trusting him with full confidence. Now, write this verse down. This is Psalm 24. One. As I was preparing for this message, I kept thinking of Psalm 24.1. It kept coming to my mind. And so I knew that I needed to mention Psalm 24.1. Here's what it says. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything in it. The the world and they that dwell therein. That means everybody. That includes you and that includes me. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. So Jesus needs to be, with that verse in mind, Jesus needs to be the priority in every aspect of your life, and of my life. And you're going to have to be sober. You're going to have to be alert in order to make sure that he stays the top priority. Because we gravitate toward making ourselves first. I know I do that. I gravitate toward making myself first. But that's not God's will. To truly draw Nigh to God, to truly draw near to God, Jesus must be first in every area, every aspect. What we think about, what we read, what we look at, your plans, what you listen to, what you desire, he must be first. So now let's look at the second direction that Peter gives for drawing near to God and that is to be holy. Now holy means this and we see this in verse 15. Now let me read let's read verse 14. It says as obedient children. Now we can see that obedience obedience to God is closely linked To being holy. It says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. In other words, not acting like, living like we used to live before we were Christians. But he says in verse 15, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. In all manner of conversation, that means all manner of behavior, be holy. Verse 16 says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, holy in this passage has the idea in the Greek of physical purity, morally blameless, sinless. Now, we fail, and we all fail in this area, but that's the mark, That's the target. Holy. Physically pure. Morally blameless. Sinless. That's the mark. That's a high standard. But look close here. God says, I am holy. He says that about Himself. He's different from us. He is set apart from us and he's perfect as a matter of fact it seems that I had a professor say this at one point it it seems that out of all the attributes of God that the one that he wants us to remember the most about him is that he is holy and all the way back in Leviticus 1144 Leviticus 11.44, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it. It says, ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Now look close at verse 16 here in uh, 1 Peter. He says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Look close at that. Here's how it jumped out at me. He is calling us to come to Him. Do you see that? Be ye holy, for I am holy. He's, he's calling us to draw near to Him. Now, the first way, let's review, the first way to draw near to God, that in this text is to be sober to be alert, to be watchful, to have self-control in every area of our minds. To be guarded. Guard our minds. And remember, the focal point is Jesus Christ. Controlling ourselves and looking forward to Jesus Christ. And it's likely that today... You'll be tempted to let down your guard. You'll be tempted to to not be alert in this area. So be prepared. Be ready for what's coming. And the second direction to draw near to God is to be holy. And Christ is the focal point here as well. He is the spotless lamb The Lamb of God. And that's why he was able to take our place on the cross. He was and is sinless. He is holy. Now listen close. We talk about holiness. Peter is not talking here about being good enough on our own in order to get into heaven. That's not the idea here. There is only one way and one and only way to heaven, and that is by way of Jesus Christ. See John 14 6. The idea here is as Christians, we're supposed to make a difference and live our lives based on the Bible. Now, I'm a saved man. But I fall short in hitting the target of holiness every single day. My only hope is Jesus. He's the only true holiness in me. So let's be clear. What we're talking about is making the decisions of our lives based on the Bible. Living according to the Bible. Letting the Bible be our guide. That's what we're talking about when we talk about holiness. My wife says it like this Most people are raised by the culture, they want to keep up with everyone else and fit in with the culture. They want to look like everyone else. They want to cut their hair like everybody else. They want to have what everybody else has. You see, it's comfortable that way. But there's a lot of envy that goes on along with that. A lot of covetousness. But God has called His people to another way a higher way to live according to the Bible now does that describe you do you want to live according to the Bible and be holy see these strangers these people that Peter is initially addressing here they were standing out going against the culture making a difference in their environment and my daughter Victoria and I were in the pickup here a couple of nights ago and she said something that really affected me and I don't know that she knew that it affected me she said I want to live devoted to God she said I don't want to get to the end And regret that I did not live for him. Now I thank God for a statement like that from one of my children. I thank God for her. Satan wants to influence the people of this world. The culture. So that they have no desire to even follow God. But God wants to reach the world. And he uses us to reach them. He calls us to stand out from the world. Be holy. That's what he says. Live according to the Bible. See, to to stand out. That's what these people were doing. Make the decisions of your life and your family based on God's great Word. He doesn't want us to give them more of the world That's not what they need. They need Him. They need our Lord. He wants us to point to Him. Not to point to more of the culture, but to point to Him. Oh, I pray that you're doing that. Look, the unsaved people in your life and in my life are there for a reason God knows about them, and He wants to save them. See 1 Timothy 2.4. I can confidently tell you God wants you to steer them to Him, those unsaved people in your life. Sometimes that's tough, and it was tough for these people. It was costly. But He wants to use us. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. And one of the key ways you do that, one of the key ways you steer them to him is by living according to the Bible. Now, you have to speak to them as well. And tell them about Jesus. But your life has to line up with it. Holiness. That's why being holy, living according to the Bible, living, doing what God says, making the decisions of your life. Some of you are, are in the middle of some heavy decisions, making the decisions of your life based on God's holy truth. That's what he wants. You know, Germany surrendered at the end of World, near the end of World War II. They surrendered, So what, 75 years ago, I believe. Well, there was a lady that was a prisoner of war. During that time. Now, my wife, I would say uh, she knows about this lady. She has read numerous books on this lady. And she was telling me recently about her. Corey Tinboom. You've heard of her. Corey Tinboom was a prisoner of war, I believe, at Ravensbrook. She was in a hard place. During World War II, she was a prisoner of war in a German POW camp. Corey Tinboom's daddy taught her and her siblings not to go along with the culture, not to, not to be like the culture. Oh I thank God for moms and dads that teach their children that way. Corey Tinboom, in that prisoner of war camp. She saved, physically saved, numerous people. I thank God for her. And then she led numerous of them to the Lord. She even thanked God for the fleas. The fleas. See, those Germans, they wouldn't come down to their barracks because of those fleas. They'd get the fleas. So, Corey Ten Boom and those other ladies could have Bible study. They could praise God in the midst of the struggle. We're talking about an intense struggle. See, I thank God for that daddy that taught her, look, don't go along with that culture. Don't don't you be like the culture. You stand out for your Lord. That's what God wants for you. Now, the third way, the third direction to remember when drawing near to God is our redemption. Remember your redemption. Now let's read verses 17 through 19. It says, And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here with fear. Now that word fear, to fear the Lord, a part of to fear the Lord is to hate evil. That is what Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 12 says. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Do you hate it? And it goes on and says in verse 18 For as much as you know that you were not redeemed, that's a big word, with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, received by the tradition of your fathers. But here's what you were redeemed with. Look at verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ. That's what we were redeemed with as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now that word redeemed means to liberate, means to set free by payment of ransom. Now listen. God created this world. It was perfect. The Bible says it was very good. He said that. He created the angels during that time. As a part of creation. We know that from the Ten Commandments. And there was one of those angels, a created being by the name of Lucifer. And Lucifer, filled with pride, determined that he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be God. And so he was ejected from heaven. He came to this earth. And then. Sin infected every person. I'm sure that Corey Tim Boom told those ladies about this. It inf- sin infected everybody, but God had a plan. And the plan was determined, it was ordained according to verse 20. The plan was foreordained before the foundation of the world, before the world was ever created. God already knew. What he was going to do he at just the right time he was going to send jesus his only begotten son as the ultimate sacrifice to pay for the sins of the world so that you and i could live with him forever the price was high it says that we were redeemed you see that in verse 18 but to whom was the price paid now you and i've talked about that before To whom was it paid? Was it paid to Satan? Absolutely not. Our our God would never strike a deal with the enemy. The price was paid to God the Father. He's the only one that could demand such a high price because the sacrifice had to be perfect. It had to be sinless. That's Jesus. That's God. But the sacrifice had to die. The sacrifice had to die and you can't kill God. And so we know that the sacrifice, Jesus, was 100% God and 100% man at the same time. And nobody else fit that description. Only Jesus Christ. And that's why that night in the garden, before He was arrested, before He went to the cross, He cried, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But there was no other way. He was the only one and is the only one to fit that description. See, we got to remember that. Our redemption is high. It's paid with the blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's what verse 19 says. So to draw near to God, first be sober. Be controlled in your mind. Be ready for what's coming. You're going to be tempted today to let things into your mind that shouldn't be there. Then, to be holy. To live according to the Bible. To live according to God's Word. And then, remember redemption. Remember it. Keep that in your mind. Now, as a Christian, striving to be sober, striving to be holy makes all the sense in the world when I consider the price of redemption is high. See, when I was in school, I had to visit the principal's office on a multitude of occasions, numerous occasions, more than just a few times, but I don't think I ever took someone else's punishment. If I, if I did, I sure don't remember it. And yet Jesus was perfect. And He still took your punishment and took my punishment. Took the punishment for all of the sins so that we could live with Him forever. God's desire is for us to draw near to Him. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank You, thank You for the precious blood of Jesus. Oh Lord, thank You. That You want to save us and I pray if there is someone listening this morning that is toying with being saved. They've been putting it off, Lord. And they tuned in this morning. They're hearing it live-streamed. They're hearing the Gospel. Lord, help them to realize that's not by accident. Oh God, would You tug on their hearts and may they receive You as Lord and Savior even this very day. Oh God, You know them. And Lord, for all the Christians that are listening, I pray, Lord, that You would help us, help us with every fiber of our bodies to be sober, to be alert in our minds in order to draw near to You. Help us to be holy, to live according to Your Word, to make the decisions of our lives according to You, and to remember that You gave The precious blood, dear Jesus, your saving blood. Thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for all your blessings. I thank you for these here that are with me this morning, these servants, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if